You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Christmas is over, Sid Talk. Yes. And I'm drinking this lovely drink. It's called Aloe. What does Aloe. this drink have to do with Christmas? Nothing. I'm just, I'm starting this off with this drink. I'm drinking this drink called Aloe. A-L-O. Right? Not Aloe, as in like a Londoner saying hello. No, Aloe. And it's enliven. And it's basically, let me list the ingredients of this delicious beverage. It mostly contains cabbage. Why are you telling people this? I'm getting to a point, listen. Okay. Broccoli, cabbage, celery, spinach, <laughs> passion fruit, carrots, apples, and cane sugar. And aloe, pulp. And no, Well, that's the point that I'm getting to. The mm. reason it's called aloe is it has bits in it that taste like little, to me, like, they're like little plastic bits, but they're not plastic. They're aloe. They're kind of like... Uh, I won't say it. It's pretty gross. What? I didn't mind mine. I what? had one, but a different. Well, like, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say my it. My little breast implants. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's how I think. Funny of it. enough, that didn't occur to me. <laughs> anyway, it's a drink. It's called Aloe Enliven, and it's fairly disgusting. That flavor. Now, my flavor that I had was really, really good, and it's I think a- what was yours called? Enliven. Mine was called Awaken, and it was all like fruit. Or something, I forget what was in it. But it was really sweet. And I didn't mind the little aloe bits. They're kind of little slimy bits. I didn't mind it at all, because it was really sweet and flavorful. You do have to shake it. I'll give you my review of this one. It tastes like cabbage, mainly, with bits floating in it. And then a little bit of orange juice. Right? But it's good for you. It's good for you, but it tastes fairly... And what did you, before you were looking for a drink, instead of water, to refresh you. Now, I don't know why you would think that the cabbage drink would refresh So, So throughout this podcast, I'm determined to finish that bottle of it off so I don't waste it. And there's about, you know, a third left. I will be taking a sip. So if you hear funny noises, it's like, ah, it's me drinking that drink. Now, that's just that flavor, though. Let's keep that in mind. That's the vegetable Yeah, we're not completely dissing it, but this this one's gross. Mine was good. Like, sweet and delicious. It was supposed to give you, like, some energy, but mine, I was at work and it didn't really do the trick. And the floaters don't do it any favor. I felt like I was drinking something healthy. Yeah. Well, yeah, most things that are healthy taste really disgusting. It wasn't very satisfying. Any 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 drink that advertises itself as health, 
health, health, and it's got grass in it, and it's got... Oh, mine was wheatgrass, that was yeah, it. Yeah, there's wheatgrass in this one, too. Mine was pretty good. As, as depicted... Can we move on? This is a movie podcast. As, de- as depicted on the... Lovely and obviously podcast. this is not an ad for this drink, because... <laughs> and what also is really We're not loving it. ...is the inside of the bottle is like a funny colour, like it had some... Like it was... Like it had washing up liquid in it. It's trying to hide maybe the true colour? Yeah, maybe. Anyway, this is after the show number <laughs> 102. If you haven't turned it off by now... Stay tuned. And it's Sunday, December the 27th. Which episode was that again? 102. Oh. Why? Got two more and then it's the two-year anniversary, isn't Correct. it? Correct. Um, this week, uh, for our Christmas slash after Christmas movie, we're looking at the movie Love Actually. This is a 2003 movie, which has just been released on Blu-ray disc in 2009. That explains all the dodgy technology. And it's released on. It was released on Blu-ray on Tuesday the third of November, just in time for Christmas, uh, two months early. Anyway, it's from our friends at Universal, and you're going to give us the synopsis of the movie. Um, you you're going. You're shrugging your shoulders, but some people may never I'm, heard or seen this movie. I'm just saying, and it's also kind of hard to. And while you do the synopsis, I will drink some of the. The name class. of the movie is Love Actually. It is a hopelessly romantic. Endlessly sappy comedy with bits of real life, no drama in there, really. I mean, it's kind of like feigned drama. And it's kind of crisscrossing stories of a bunch of different couples and groups of people and different types of love. There's a husband and wife who might be challenged because they've been together a long time. There's the new married couple who has a friend and he might be maybe in love with the young wife, you know, outsider kind of thing, who's got unrequited love. There's the young British dude who just wants to get laid and decides to go to America. Um, there is the young woman who the love in, in her life at the moment, the kind of love she has to deal with is caring for a brother who's mentally ill and has to kind of put her life on hold for that. Or so she does, and I don't agree with that. But there's all kinds of love. and Love, actually. That's it. I mean, there's, you know... There's a young boy who's, you know, fallen in love with a young girl, and I will not, there's no, I'm not giving anyone any delusion here of anything other than a hopelessly romantic, optimistic, love rules the world kind of movie. All right, so there's the synopsis. Let me just uh, take you back to uh, 2003. When we first watched this movie, and this is how good my memory is. Are you ready? And you probably don't even remember. We lived in our apartment, and our niece was coming over. And we, I said to you, should we watch this movie, Love Actually, we had on our home theatre PC. We put it on, and we started to watch it, and our niece arrived in the middle of it. And then we watched it, kind of, the last bit of it, kind of, which is something we never do, but we were talking, we didn't stop it, basically. It just carried on. No, I don't remember that at all. That's how we watched it. Ashley came over. Wow. Um, And we kind of... I, and then the, the day after, I remember turning to you and saying, I think that movie was really good. We'll have to see that again sometime. And we obviously saw it again. Oh, yeah. Um, I've seen it. I don't even know. But that's how, that's how we viewed it at first. Wow. So I don't think it caught onto us at first, 100%. Anyway, um, Love Actually. To me, and it's very British, so I, it appeals to me a lot anyway. Because it's a very British movie. Um in our style, not you know, there's a distinct difference between romantic stuff, American romantic stuff, English, the way it is uh, filmed, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And this is very British. Um, Anyone who's listening, do you hear between the lines? He's saying British comedies are better yes. than American comedies. Not, I'm just, not, I'm just I'm clarifying not, That's that. not between the if lines. You, if, you, if you hear a hint of, you know, uh, like... To me it a, is. I mean, yeah. some people like American comedy. <laughs> I particularly don't. You like some American comedies. Yeah, it's very specific, though. I mean, yeah. the mainstream stuff, generally not, you know? It has to be slightly different for me. Anyway, this one's pretty mainstream kind of movie but I really love it I think it's Jonathan Ross on Twitter yesterday who's a British uh, film critic slash talk show host said that it's a masterpiece and he always watches it every Christmas Eve I I actually agree in a way I mean it's a very fluffy yeah there's um, nothing clever about it or anything like that I think there is some cleverness to Mm. it um I think, you know what I think is one of the standout things of it? I think the script is actually really well written. Um, there's a lot of natural conversations in it that I don't get sometimes from from American movies. Like, you know, when you know they've got to get certain things out of them. But yeah. This actually fe- doesn't feel forced in that way. And then again, it does sometimes. Sometimes. But, but I think the script is really good. And every time I watch it, I try and find something new. And I always do. Me too. And I watched it again today, and I swear it's the 20th time I've seen it. At least. And there was things in it that I was thinking about that were things that I've not thought about before. So, to me, it's a repeat viewing one. Absolutely a must-to-have in your collection kind of thing. Because that me, will drag yeah. it out every year. For me, every year, it's that, now, Scrooged with Bill Murray, yep. obviously. I haven't watched this one here. I met Sally. I think I kind of fell out with that one. I don't know why. It doesn't appeal to me the same as it used to. Maybe in a couple of years I'll watch it again, because I used to watch it mm. every year. But, you know, you kind of come and go with the flow of things. But, but you know, not only is this a really great love kind of movie romantic comedy it's not well it is a comedy yeah but then again it has quite some serious tone to it and some drama well there's death and rejection and broken heartedness and it's not a laugh out loud kind of comedy even though it has moments that make you smile a lot I would say yeah yeah uh, totally yeah like crowd pleasing moments right that's yeah, what it is. yeah, we can't. We do not want to pretend that this is anything more than. I mean, once you hear the writer director guy talking, he seems like a like you kind of hopeless romance. Like he sees the world and life through sort of a filter about love and relationships that isn't real as realistic. No. However, in the best of our moments, we would like to hope. That we can have those conversations and that kind of love. And yet, the husband-wife thing, uh, you know, the, uh, we call him Snape, but he's not Snape in this movie. Alan, Alan Rickman, Rickman and Emma Thompson. Um, that's a very real one to me. That's the most real one. Then there's the fantasy one that's my, my favorite story in the movie is the dude who goes to the French chalet or whatever you call it. Is that a chalet? Chateau. Chateau. And then he has like this Portuguese cleaner woman who comes and... They can't speak to the each language other, barrier and is yet, there. yeah, yet they have moments with each other, and that is that's kind of the another like fantasy kind of love where you don't even have to communicate, but there's something between you. And I don't know any other real, you know, the prime minister one. That's not. That's I actually really like the prime untouchable. Minister. Oh, I do too. It's just yeah. it's not. It's one of those like it's, fantasy yeah, movie love stories. Whereas yeah. the husband and wife to me is the one that I think. It's it's the most, that one's the most real, like you say. But and then there's others that see you don't like this one, but I kind of like it. 
And hmm. the re- when you said there was a reason you didn't like it, I'd never really thought of it that way, and now I don't like it as much. No, oh, I'm sorry. But anyway, this is the uh, one with um, Kira Knightley. But I like the idea of a best, well, a best friend of a, a man who gets married and to his wife, and all the time, longingly, he's in love with the woman. Right. I like the idea of that. I don't particularly like the way it's. See, to me, it's always been a hundred percent superficial because she makes and it, it clear is because she makes he, it clear she, said, he doesn't know him. Yeah, she doesn't. You don't even know. It's me. just an object of desire, almost. Correct. So then, then, when I think about that, that isn't. It's not unrequited love anymore. It's just a sort of like pretentious. Like he likes the look. Like right. Like like I might like Mila Jovovich. Correct. Like I see a picture of her and think, wow, she's or Angelina Jolie. You know what I mean? That, yeah. Like, like, oh, like she's unobtainable just, only based on appearance. Yeah, that's only, why I don't like about know that story. Else. Because maybe that's why I love the the story of the two can't even speak to each other because it's it's hmm. just a vibe and a thing, and they spend time with each other without any other thing, just but each other. I like the idea of that story, but now I think about it. If I was constructing that story, I'd make it so they were all friends, very good friends together. So that he knows who she is. He knows everything about her. Likes things about her. Or, in fact, more than perhaps his friend knows. Like, Right. Yeah, see, I thought about that. This is one of those new things I thought of in this time we were watching it. Um, That they didn't make her husband into a jerk or anything. No, because he's he's absolutely He's lovely. He's a lovely... I mean, you don't get to know him at all, really. No, but but he doesn't seem like a jerk. No, he's lovely, and they love each other, and it's romantic and sweet, and, you know, they're kind of hanging out with each other there, and they're, you know, just kind of... They're friends, but you don't... They didn't make it so that her husband turns out to be the jerk, and the friend is, like, should be the one she ended up with. Not at all. It's completely superficial, what he thinks is love. Yeah. And he tries to, you know, profess his love and He's, all that. He's um, enamored by it um, and yeah. almost slightly creepily obsessed. A little bit. Because of the <laughs> yeah. video. You know, because when he shows that video, I, I, that's creepy, in my opinion. She might be flattered by it, but to yeah. me it's kind of creepy. Kind of. And that's oh. what I'm talking about. Like, when I say the different kinds of love, like the husband and wife, they played Joni Mitchell, the song. And it's like different kinds of love the whole movie is about, right? Where this marriage, they've got two kids, they've been together 13 years, they're pretty much settled, you know, middle-aged, he's the boss of his firm, and she does all the school plays and everything. But in the end, or at that point in their marriage, is it really love? Or did we just sort of, we sparked it in the beginning, and then we fell into this routine, and this is what we are, we're married, and that's it. Is it actually love? <laughs> ah, <I see laughs> is what it you love did actually? I see what you did. So that, to me, is the most clever one, if you're going to throw any cleverness, because it isn't it isn't the happy fantasy part. It's the, hmm. And in the song, which they play with her, because the Joni Mitchell thing, you know, I see love more clearly now. I didn't know what it was before, and now I do. So I guess there's a little bit of... But I think I'm reading into cleverness. I think it's all very superficial. You know um, what I mean? I also love the Liam Neeson story. Yeah. Which parallels real life a little no, bit. No, it's which very is, sad. Which makes it even more. Because when I was watching it this time, because, you know, as we've said in an earlier podcast, Liam Neeson lost his wife this year, actually. Um, and in this movie, he loses his wife at the beginning of the movie, actually. And the whole, what, what goes on after that, I just kept thinking about the real life parallel. And I kept thinking to myself, I bet Liam Neeson can't even watch this film anymore. Like, I mean, he you made, can't presume it, but oh my no, goodness. No, I was thinking of myself. If I was him... 
this has happened, and then I was in a movie that parallels everything. Because in the movie, he's looking at a picture of his dead wife, and he's like, I mean, we can't say, because people are in all kinds of movies, but but still, it just was like, oh. It makes makes that more real to me, and I love that story of, Mm. you know. The stepdad left with the stepson, and has to learn how to deal with the, yeah. Yeah. Um, Because his love is over. His wife is gone, and then the kid has now got a crush on a new girl, and I mean, it's all kinds of. Love. And then there's a comedic story, which is also really a good one, of Billy Mack, the yeah. aging pop star, aging rock star, who is kind of Bill sold Nighy. out. Um, yeah, who's Bill Nighy, who's sold out and just making this shitty Christmas record just to get some money, and how his love, how he's kind of thrown love on the back burner the entire career because he's been too busy drugging it up and drinking and womanizing. Right. And how his real love is something that's right stood well, next the to kind, him every day. It's not that it's not like not relationship like a, love. It's like you're the I mean you're at my family. Like, you're the yeah person something yeah. that is right staring him in the face or and and that was a good one. That was a good one. You know, the first time I saw it that scene where he um kind of accepts what what it is yeah 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 I just think it's a real touching moment and it's like a comedic moment at the same time it's pretty clever I love Bill Nighy yeah he's great I mean I really do that's a new kind of love love from afar <laughs> but, uh, and he, unrequited and he really hammed it up in this movie <laughs> oh my God. but I watch him now and I see Davy Jones every time I just can't help it he's and got when you're watching Davy Jones it is unmistakably him and there's the parallel to this movie uh, him and Kira Knightley true oh true all movies have some kind of, of link <laughs> <laughs> There's probably several other people who probably. were in Pirates of the Caribbean in this movie. Anyway, this um, movie has a awesome cast. I mean, it's a cast that's... When I thought about it the other day, oh, when they were getting together the cast full of Actually, it's amazing how they got all those people to come together for one thing at the same time. Because it's like... All right, let's go into it. We've got Bill, Bill Nighy as Billy Mack, who um, is an aging rock star, and he's... Like he said on an extra, he can't... How far removed it is from him, but it's funny to do. Like, Yeah, know, yeah. It's kind of a crazy old bastard, right? Kind of, like, yeah. You know, kind of alcoholic. Well, no, he's ex-heroin addict, now just... Uh, not on the skids or anything, but I mean, like, used up is yeah. a good word. Um, and then there's... Uh, one of the other leads is Colin Firth, who you will know from, like, Bridget Jones. and. Oh, I also other. love him, by the way. Yeah, and he plays Jamie Bennett. Love might be a strong word, but... Now, Colin Firth's um, been around for a long time in British TV. He was Darcy in, um, you know... Well, that's pretty much what... He was Darcy in both. He was Darcy in... What is that? Bridget Jones. Yeah, and Darcy in the original, you know... the Wuthering Heights. Wuthering Heights, yeah. So, yeah, there's Colin Firth. <laughs> Mr. Darcy, that's so funny. And then there's uh, Liam Neeson as Daniel, who doesn't have a second name, apparently. Um... Everybody knows Liam Neeson. He's excellent in this movie, actually. Liam Neeson. I yeah, you know, is he's that, casual and fun, and you're convinced. I'm convinced. Yeah, it's uh, the actual relationship between him and the boy in the movie. I completely buy it because they're so um, natural together. Like, mm-hmm. I know they're both acting, but it's like it's almost like just watching a, uh, the father and son just clown around and there's re- some funny moments and then yeah. then I really like what I really like about it too is the way Liam Neeson doesn't treat the boy like a like a kid doesn't talk he talks to him on an adult level most yeah. of the time 
and that really works, I think, you know, because of the situation losing his mum. Yeah. So. Um, and then we've got Emma Thompson as Karen, who doesn't also doesn't have a second name. Do you I like have him? to say, sh- I don't. I mean, I like her, but I've also found her a little too actually. You've said in actually this. in the past. This movie, the exception. I can I. I love every moment that she's doing stuff. I just. I think because I'm waiting for that one, the one big scene with the. Yeah. She loves so clearly now. You know the. Yeah. The emotional See, the, ringer. It's the other scene for me. And where, I just found where it she, completely convincing. You know, when you said that, the scene where she's listening, where the mm-hmm. music comes on. The other scene to me um, is really powerful, and it's smaller, but it's... Well, it's not smaller. It's when she talks to Alan Rickman yes. at the school play. Yes. And then the kids come, and then she has to... Go, she yeah. turns it back off again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like That's the, really like, good. Like how mothers... How have two sides. Well, um, mothers, for instance, with like they've got this side of dealing with kids and dealing with the everyday, and then dealing with other shit. Dealing with the How grown up between romance, them. your love relationship with your spouse. Yeah. Versus how you can or can't show what's yeah. really inside. Which, and she does that well. Oh, it's really and really good. As though, almost as though she's dealt with that herself in real life. Well, I, I was just about to say, women do that all the time. Are you, are you calling me a bastard? <laughs> no, no, I don't mean that. Like, you don't show always what's in your mind. Right. Because you just don't. You don't always show your emotions. I mean, people, men will say, oh, Nobody women did. are emotional all the time. That is absolutely not true. You do not see. Well, you put I would on say, a show I would a say men don't show their emotions more than women, so I would probably be more qualified. Yeah, but when do you let it out? Don't. Correct. So that's what I'm saying. Men do it all the time. <laughs> I don't think it's conscious, though. No, I don't think so either. Anyway, uh, Martin Freeman plays John, who we didn't mention their story. That's another story. Um, it's like oh, the, the naked body people. doubles. Yeah. Right. Um, so these are... Uh, they're naked and they're stand-ins just to set up scenes. scenes. Well, they're not actually the stand-in for the sex scenes, I don't think. They're just there purely for technical reasons, so they can set up the shot and get the lighting right. So they're always naked together and simulating sex, but they're just chatting because they're both real innocent and sweet. And Martin Freeman, if you don't know, is is from The Office, the British version of The Office, and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, most famously, probably, if you if you watch movies. Hmm. Um, and uh, I like he, them. He's Martin me. Freeman. Yeah, it totally. It's, like, it's just like it's him. Right? <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, it's good. And you know, while it not being while that's not really a big story, that one, it's still an interesting story because it's another. Because like they're going in reverse. Yeah. They're right off the bat. They're naked and sort of pretending to have sex. Yeah. And yet the conversation is just, oh, I'm really sorry. I'll keep my hands warm. And oh, would you yeah, would you maybe kind of maybe sort of want to go have tea with me? You know that kind of thing. Yep, and then we've got, I can, can't say this guy's name, Chewigil Effajar, I'll mess it all up, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading it, I don't even know what the hell you're yeah, saying. What is it? Uh, I don't know. Chewigil Effajar, that's my name. Edge of four. But you know, he's... You love him. He's the guy from Kinky Boots. Correct. He's the... Oh, Kinky Boots is awesome. Yeah, and he plays the the guy who gets married to... Um, Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. And he's, he's fine. He yeah, but he's not in it a lot. No. But I wanted him to be in it more because I really like the guy. Um, well, I can promise you this. No matter how many times you watch it. He won't be in it anymore. No. <laughs> no. And then Kara Knightley plays Juliet, who we all know Kara Knightley. She's charming, British. Uh, what? What's, you don't like her? I didn't. I did this. You don't really like that story, so there you go. Correct. 
Um, Hugh Grant plays the Prime Minister of uh, Great Britain, uh, and very well, I, I must say. Yep. Well, I mean, yeah. I've never met a Prime Minister, so I don't know. I have met a Prime Minister. He doesn't compare to the guy from The Queen, but, you know. No, uh, no, no, no. It's more of a, it's more yeah. of a laid-back prime minister. Anyway, this one, yeah. it's not. No, they don't really see a serious side. And then in this, the prime minister is single, no wife or anything, young man, and sort of the love for him is like starting an inappropriate. Um, starting as a prime minister, you're head of a of a country, a big power in the world, and yet on your first day, you kind of connect a little bit with the young lady and then as he says oh how inconvenient and that's another kind of love like can i actually pursue this or not and pull yourself together kind of how love which i find completely undefinable must be grabs a hold of you and then you just have no choice right and then I've wrote down Martin Freeman as John so he gets two mentions (laughs) so Martin Freeman's on there again you will know him from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy <laughs> Deja Vu uh, And then we've got Martin McCutcheon Who used to be Tiffany in EastEnders But in this movie is The love interest of Hugh Grant as the Prime Minister um, I really like her, I loved mm-hmm. her in EastEnders Which is a British soap opera by the way um, In this she's so charming Like, I, you know But in a good way Yeah I mean, she. Uh, it's another one where I buy her Like mm-hmm. that kind of person because she's got this kind of rough side, because she's just like a working class girl. Right. But she works for the Prime Minister, so... And this rough side kind of comes out sometimes, and, you know... She, like, you said she reminds you of Dexter's, Dexter's sister. Le- Dexter's Last sister wife. wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then we've got uh, Laura Linney as Sarah, and Laura Linney, I know best from Tr- The Truman Show. Uh, she plays Truman's actorly wife. Correct. Um, I really like her. I don't know. I've not I like seen a lot her of things. A lot. I do not like this character because I actually I don't like. Th- the I think excuse. that's the, her, her story is the weakest. I don't. I th- just think it's the weakest story in there. It, I, every time that one comes on, I'm not as interested. I as think the rest because of it. you're supposed to feel sorry for her. Poor thing. She's, you know, she's a grown woman, and yet her her grown brother son, who appears to me to be older than her, is in kind of a mental institution, and he calls her all the time, and so she's sort of. In my mind, it's like some fucking martyr thing where she's given up her love life and she answers the phone constantly. Well, she's given up everything. But that's her choice. And that's why I don't like this character. It's like, get over it already. He's Mm -hmm. in an institution. They'll take care of him. Go visit him once a week. I don't like the poor, poor But there again, it's another another kind of love. uh, 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 Like that somebody would... And then she also has unrequited love with someone purely based on looks. Yeah, and that she also does, irritates yeah. me. Yeah, she does. Because he's like the beautiful Because that's all it's... Yeah, she's loved him she, since a half an hour. She doesn't talk to him or anything. I mean, she just... Yeah. So I just don't like that. I don't like any of those poor me kind of stories and didn't like that. And then we've got Alan Rickman, uh, the great Alan Rickman, uh, in my or opinion. Snipe, or as I like to call him, the Snape. Sheriff of Nottingham. Oh, the baddie in Die Hard. Um, anyway, he plays Harry and I. Oh, Dogma as well. He's in Dogma, isn't he? Correct. Um, I like Alan Rickman a lot. I, do too. I, I think this character in this it's a complicated character too, um, because he's the husband. Oh, went to um, the next page. It it's a complicated thing that's going on with him. He's you know the boss. Mm-hmm. Is he the boss, or is he like the? Yeah, he's the boss. Just the boss. Yeah, he is the boss um, of a company, and he's married to Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Yet yeah, there's this sexy chick at the office who 
makes it very obvious that she wants She's him. She's vamping it up. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not, it's not subtle. Like, no, 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 no. And, you know, he might fall to the temptation a little bit. Because, you know, 13 years of marriage. And That's what I was he's saying. an older dude and she's a hot is chick. It, and... Is it love when you're in that kind of relationship? Is it still love or is it, this is just what we do? And, and so, and temptation... And is that even love? Or just lust right, or right. Yeah. Do you mistake the lust for, you know... That's and I have no idea who that girl is, and I wanted to mention her, and I looked down the whole list, and I couldn't figure out who she her was. Her name's so. Mia in the movie. She's called Mia, but I don't know who the actress is. But I really like her, and I think... Well, I'll look her up. I did look her up and couldn't find her on the list. So. Right. So that's why I didn't bother to... Uh... Right. So now are we taking a break to look it up? We're not taking a break. Keep talking. Billy Bob Thornton. Talk about him. Yeah, Billy, Billy Bob, Bob Thornton is in it for very precisely two, <laughs> two minutes, probably, yes, as the yes. uh, president of the United States, which I think is a good... Um, match against. Have Her you found? Her name is Heike McCatch. She sounds very British. Heike McCatch. Where's she Her from? Her name is H E I K E M A K T S C H. And what has she been in? She's also been in. Looks like lots of German movies. Um. Oh yeah, lots. Resident Evil. Oh, yes, she was in she Resident was Evil. She was a doctor. Yes, she was. Oh, Late Night Shopping. Oh, she was... Late Night Shopping. Resident Evil movie. She was the one who gets her head trapped in the lift. Oh. That was a... Ooh, I don't remember that, but... You don't remember at the beginning. I remember Late Night Shopping. Yeah, I know, but the beginning of Resident Evil, where the doctor gets oh, her head yeah, trapped yeah, in yeah. the lift. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut That's not a real starring role. Mm. Role. Almost Heaven. Sounds familiar, but... And then, uh... Dr. Hope and coming up. She seemed more familiar to me than that, but hey, I guess not. So, um, yes, there's, there's obviously more people in this movie I've mentioned, but I mean, geez, oh, uh, it all. There's so many. There are a lot. Um, I didn't like the guy who went to America. I find him real. Ugh, he's know. been in Doctor Who. He's been in episodes of Doctor Who, that guy. Was he? Yeah, I don't actually. I don't dislike him, I'm just saying his story. That story's I didn't care not about. that. No, but it. I've, it's almost like I feel there's actually lots more stories. Well, we'll talk about this in a bit, but there were so many stories you had to... Yeah. That one, I would have... You know, if you were trying to shorten this for time, you could remove that one completely. In yes. Because it doesn't really... Um, it almost doesn't fit to me. No. and Well, when you see all the extras, and you see that it yeah. could have been this sort of wacky or... I wouldn't have liked it. It wouldn't no. have been an endearing to me at all. And that, his story. It's actually... Um, he's a young man. He wants to get laid all the time. He decides if he goes to America, they're going to love his British accent. That British women are too stuck up. Yeah. So he goes to America and ends up meeting these, like, trollopy, sexy, whatever. And Shannon Elizabeth is one of them. And the girl from The Girl Next Door, which she's all right. But it's just really boring and not funny and not anything. No, not really. <laughs> it's almost like a dream sequence. Yes, because when the you're watching thing. it, you're thinking. This has got to be a dream. Yeah, this he's going to wake up. This is not, that's not how it happens. But. Oh, and then Denise Richards shows up at the end. It makes me want to gag. I don't mind. I know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so this is directed by Richard, Richard Curtis, who... Um, he's a, a TV writer, essentially, in England. Has been for many years. He wrote The uh, Black Adder, which is Rowan, At- Rowan Atkinson's also in Correct. this movie. We didn't mention him. It's just a small part, but one of my favorite parts of the movie. I think it's really funny. I don't particularly like Rowan Atkinson, but in this movie, the, when he's doing the... Packaging, the thing. I find that really funny. Because the circumstance. Just, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just uh, uncomfortable. 
Um, he's an uncomfortable kind of guy, but... Uh, Mr. Bean. Yeah, so the Richard Curtis wrote Blackadder, but he also wrote... Um, do you remember the show Spitting Image? With the uh, big puppets and they were Margaret Thatcher and stuff. I never really watched it, but I do, yeah. He was involved in that one. He also wrote an amazing movie. Didn't direct, but wrote The Girl in the Cafe, oh, which yeah. is another Bill Nighy movie. Um, and it, it, here in America, if you've seen it, it was a HBO movie. Correct. But it was a theatrical movie in England. But it blew me away. I don't even know. We just watched when we had HBO, and I said, "There's a movie with Bill Nye I'd like to see," and we watched it. And I, I actually rate it up on. It's a, it's uh, it's good. Yeah, it's I, quality. Multiple watches and it's a it's, quiet. It's a love story with a political message in yeah, there. Yeah, interestingly enough, there's politics and uh, love in this one too, <laughs> not as much. Yeah, um, you British people with your politics and a new movie. By Richard Curtis is only I, this was his directorial debut, Love Actually. He's got a new movie which will be out in theaters very soon, which in England is called The Boat That Rocked. In America is called Pirate Radio. <laughs> no idea why they changed it, but um, that's coming really soon. Uh, it's about Radio Caroline, which was the pirate radio station in the sixties in England that actually had to operate from a boat. Because it was just oh, out right. of just out of the British Sea, or you know what yeah, do you yeah. call that? The um, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, so they kind of illegally broadcasted in the sea and did a pop music station from in the sea. He's one of the DJs on that, um, Bill Nighy. Mm, awesome. So, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, it looks really right. it looks really good. My kind of movie, and it's by this guy, so it'll probably be good. Um, so yeah, Richard Curtis. You know, he's been around in British TV forever. This is overly sentimental. You can tell from the... Oh, yes. When you actually... When he starts talking, you can see how he made a movie He gets like lost in his stories and in the tales and in the love. He looks like he's going to cry every... A couple every of times. Thing. Yeah. So, um... I think he needs... I mean, Love Actually is awesome. I love it. However, as he makes more movies, maybe rein it in a bit. Like, refine his... You know, his directing. Obviously, they had three and a half hours of movie. And they trimmed it down to two hours and four minutes or whatever. He needs to just learn to maybe be a little more economical. Yeah. Not terribly, because I love no shit it. long movies. But no shit, I think, Love Actually, to be honest, is one of the best English romantic comedies. I mean, it says the ultimate romantic comedy <laughs> in the box. But I, I agree. Like, romantic comedies. I know there's a lot from Britain. We, we also, You also have a lot. Mm-hmm. We also have a lot. You know, ones that are notable over recent years is like the Bridget Jones ones, this one. Um, there's loads, like... But this one really sticks with me for some reason. This Bridget Jones is another one. It could be good Christmas Bridget Jones movie. is a really... Also, actually, I'm not 100% keen on the second one. It's but kind the first of one was fodder, though, isn't it? It's just fodder for the romantic in you. It doesn't... I don't know. This one can make you appreciate someone that you're watching it with, maybe just a little bit more, if they appreciate it with you. I don't know how to, what I'm saying exactly, but... No. Like, it made me want to give you a kiss. It's R-rated. Kind of thing. Because I knew that you loved it, and I loved it, and it was sweet, and it was like, we found love across the world, accidentally, and can't I can't explain it, and can't live without you. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I... It kind of transcends the movie, but the idea is, if it's really, if you really have love in your life, for whatever the context, you're just pretty lucky, you know. And the movie, and it's executed so well. <laughs> like you didn't really comment on this. No, I mean, is the movie's executed so well? Also, um, 
you know, that even that opening sequence where it's always really hard in a movie like this where you have to communicate to the audience all of these people. Yeah, yeah, you're introduced. I mean, you're getting introduced it's really to well people done. all the way up to a third of the way through the movie. Yeah. And then you have to then you have to touch base with everybody all yeah. the time. And it never feels like in the way it that's what I'm saying, it's so well executed this movie. The way it is put together, you never ever feel like confused or oh I wanted a bit more of that one. Do we have to get to this one? Because it's really paced out well. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like a like a magnolia type what do you call it? You call it pastillage or something like that. I think, it's, kind of I think it's called a pastiche. 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 Where it's like a assortment like of stories kind of stitched together. A donut or something. But yeah. um it doesn't feel like that at all. Because it's just But it is. It is, but it doesn't yeah. you don't feel like you're having to who was that? No, no, no. No, and I think that's because it's edited together really well, and uh, it's long enough. And the it, use of music also really helps. There's some really good songs in here, and they like used at the right. You know, it's like I say, music is one of the best things about movies if it's used well. If it's used badly, it's also can be really a disaster. But in this movie, sappy as it is, it's sappy. It makes you feel at the right moments what you're supposed to feel is what I'm getting getting at. Oh, so we're just being brainwashed then. We're like puppets. Yeah, I think we are. I I mean, I think humans, what what music is and what it means to us and what images are and what they mean to it, you put them in the right order, it it does evoke something in all humans. And I think this does Unless you're a cold-hearted bastard. Yeah. So, um, additional features, and it's interesting because we've owned Love Actually on DVD for some time, and that's the one that we dragged out every year to watch. Now it's now it's on Blu-ray, and I've got to say, it actually does look really good again. Mm-hmm. I mean, they is this just isn't like a you can see every pore on Alan Rickman's yeah, face. It's not a crappy DVD. <laughs> it's not like oh, this just looks like the DVD. No, it's in a, it's really speaking high. of technology. Let's just rewind a little bit as we're watching the movie. We both commented all the time because there's like a guy making. Taking the movies of the yeah. wedding with the VHS recorder. Yeah, yeah there's this like was made in CRT televisions. There's like big chunky cell phones. There's the cordless phone in the house that you have to pull the antenna, antenna in and out. And we're just like, when was this movie made? Cell, it just cell seems, phones are huge. Yeah. yeah, it seems like how could it possibly have been? Just We've six advanced years ago? a lot in six years. Wow. You know, no flat screens, was there? Oddly, there that's was the, the monitor, the, yeah, t- yeah. the computer monitors. But yeah. it's so funny that you could have gone. You went thirty years. Without technology having to look that much different, other than adding cell phones to the mix. But it I mean, things. Televisions, and computers looked the same for a long time. And you would think um, six, seven years wouldn't date very necessarily. Yeah, but watching somebody plunk a, a videotape into a VCR, it was like, whoa. To, do, to edit some home movies as well, which <laughs> yeah. now everybody would do on a computer, right? Which just seems so funny. Yeah, it is. It, and... Things a day, and now you know. Now we think, oh, look at us all with our flat panels and iPhones and stuff. In ten years' time, everybody will be like, I like a, exactly. You know, that's. Well, <laughs> I just have a hologram that floats. I have in a the chip air. in my head now. Yeah. That's how I communicate with. Yeah, everybody. something like that. So, uh, yeah, the DVD of Love actually was actually devoid of extras. There wasn't really any. Now this one actually does contain some extras, and some extras, not many, but a substantial one, I think, which is deleted scenes, which are all introduced by Richard Curtis. Um, and this has some substantial deleted scenes. I mean, it's got this eight-minute section, mm-hmm. which is Liam Neeson's... more of Liam Neeson's story, which is the bit with the computer. Like the kid, he's, yeah. Yeah, 
which I really enjoyed. I don't think I'd like to see it in the movie, but Correct. as a standalone thing, I really I wouldn't it. want any of the stuff that was cut out in the movie because I find it made What about it too, the story of the headmistress? No. Because that wasn't wacky. It was just sad. Yeah. Yeah? A little too sad. <laughs> yeah. But all of... I mean, all those things. It was just a I little I mean, there's some extra wacky. stories mm-hmm. and there's... I mean, this isn't just like throwaway deleted scenes where it's like two seconds of something and you're like huh really yeah it sounds like they had a whole different movie yeah it really and does and they chopped it up rewritten some stuff because you don't like the Emma Thompson's son like you barely see him at all but he has a whole storyline in the deleted scenes and then and there's even a sep- like I said uh, the headmistress mm-hmm. of the school has her own storyline that's completely story. removed yeah. from the movie um which I liked that story and I also liked the lady who appeared in it but um then there's the Liam Neeson thing, which is a lot longer and more in, more detailed than you get in the movie. But I think the movie as it is is how it should be, to I be agree. honest. I don't think it could be any better. I, I mean, and I don't know if this is all the deleted scenes, because he seemed to say he had more than that. Yeah, because he said it was three and a half hours. Yeah. The final cut was three and a half hours. Right. And then they had to trim. So if you are a fan of this That's movie... That's an hour and a half they cut off. Correct, which is a lot. That's I'd like all that to be on here, but obviously they yeah. cho- pick and choke. But um, if you're a fan of Love Actually and you own the DVD, there is a reason to buy the Blu-ray. It looks, sounds better. Plus there's stuff here that you won't have, which them deleted scenes, every week when we get deleted scenes on a movie, they're generally nothing, are they? Mm-hmm. And we just look at each other and go, huh. that was just like the same scene, but there was three words changed. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really matter. This is actually an all, its own little movie in itself where... You see what could have been, and I'm glad that it wasn't. And his introductions are good. You get to know him better. Yeah, you do. And he's not... I like... This guy actually does explain stuff. He's not just... Like some of these directors who come on, they're just pompous. And if you think the movie is sappy, I think this guy is like sappy to the 12th, because he's... Yeah. He's like... He looks like he's. He looks like he's going to cry a couple of times. Well, like he's just—he can live in that fantasy world of this kind of love in his mind as he writes and puts things together, and he's very, you know, I don't know. So then you've got also an extra, the music of Love Actually, which is also presented by the director, and he explains not all the songs in the movie, but a key, the key songs. He explains why he put them there, and then they go on to show you that scene, right? Which you've probably already seen if you watched the movie, but it's just. But it's not all of them. Mm-mm. It's just a couple, like the Joni Mitchell one and. Which other one? The the French one. Yes. <laughs> the French one. Um, the one of in France. And then there's a couple of music videos which are in standard definition, unfortunately, and you have to change the uh, aspect ratio on your TV. Who cares? Um, so there's the Kelly Clarkson Trouble with Lovers, which I really like that song a lot. But I'm not really into music videos, to be honest. And then there's the Billy Mac Christmas is All Around music video, which I actually do like, because it's a comedy piece in itself, watching Bill Nighy... And a bunch of sexy chicks. Be really Let's funny. be honest. Yeah, it, it plug is, him out of there. And it is really like... funny watching Bill Nighy perform as this Billy Mac guy, though. And I said to you, that was probably number one in Britain. Because <laughs> they made the video, they might as well release the record. Um, and then there's a little... I like to call it a TV spot called The Storytellers, which is, mm-hmm. it just goes through each, you know... Some of the stories, not all of them. Some of the stories, and you get some talking heads from... Because his explanation, the director guy's explanation is, it takes me such a long time to write one story, I decided to write a bunch of stories and see if I could cram all into one thing. And then he highlights where 
his personal connection to a story comes from and how some of them are pure fiction and some are based in reality and it's pretty good but yeah. you know what I'll be honest with you some movies I don't need any extras this is one of those movies I don't need anything else but I did feel the deleted scenes were volume in themselves they are but it's I wasn't longing for them I don't add them to what like makes me like or dislike anything about the movie at all it it could I could go my whole life and the movie is enough for me and then finally we have feature commentary with director Richard Curtis and Hugh Grant Bill Nighy and Thomas Sangster um, which is a commentary which was also on the DVD so uh, it's nothing new but um, overall it's one to have in the collection because you can drag it out every single year and I'm telling you I don't think you'll get bored of it because I never do some people hate it because if you put a year in no, be if you do like it and you put a year yeah. in between each time you watch yep. it it's it feels like watching it, it well, I just watched it this summer and it was fine to watch it again it feels like watching it fresh if you get what I'm saying um and you're in like the love Christmas mood and happy happy. Now, if you're very lonely, <laughs> it might. And you're on your own. It could either make you think, "Oh my God, this is such a load of bullshit," or make you feel really depressed because <laughs> it is kind of a optimistic, rosy-eyed view of love, mostly. In conclusion, for me, <laughs> it is literally. If I had a top five romantic comedy style movies, it's right there at the top. Of all time? Really. It, it, since I watched it, you know, it really is. And mm. I judge them from, like, I can go back and watch them again and still enjoy them. And it always... Yeah. I never think, oh, I wish this was over. Because it, it, it has something about it, doesn't it? And it's one of them you can't 100% pin what it is. Correct. You just... So, my opinion, it's a uh, stick it on your shelf. It's a keeper. Even if you have the DVD, I think it's a good upgrade. Just sell your DVD. Get the Blu-ray. Um, all right, so thank you to Universal for the uh, providing us with the uh, review copy. Uh, contest, we have several. I have a new one coming up in a couple of days on the site. If you just check back on the site, and it will be for the movie 9, which is not the movie in theatres at the moment with uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm talking about the animated feature 9. That oh, came yeah. Out last year. So we're gonna that one looks better to contest me. I don't know why. Con- better than what? The other one. Than the dancing one. Well, uh, they're very different movies. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, you know, I don't ever look forward to musical-type movies. So, and when I see them in my... It I changes kind of like my musicals mind. a bit. You didn't before. You only like, like two or three in your whole life. Chicago... I think Chicago's really good. Yeah. I think Moulin Rouge was really good. Yeah. I think... Uh, but you didn't think that before you went to see them. I'm sure you had written off musicals. The Wizard of Oz. Way well, that really good. is obviously fantastic, but I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> I, did, I hated Romeo and Juliet with um, I never Leonardo saw that DiCaprio. I, I really watched it. it. Really didn't like it. Anyway, um, so yeah, this well, I have a contest for nine to win a copy of nine on Blu-ray. Um, next week's review will be District Nine, talking of the number nine on our Blu-ray disc. Uh, I'm actually really looking forward to that one, and that'll be our first show of 2010. Whoa, From the future. I know, it's so bizarre. <laughs> so um, instead of doing movie recommendations this week, we decided to do our top five movies that we reviewed last year, or this year. Oh, last year. On the verge of last Top five movies of 2009. 2009 that we reviewed. Not 
this isn't comprehensive of every right, single this movie. This isn't movies that were released in 2009 necessarily. It's just ones that came out on DVD that we reviewed. And podcasts you can go back and listen to because yeah, we yeah. reviewed this. And so. some of them... Some of them would have been out this year, actually in the theaters, but they're all just DVD releases, Blu-ray releases that we watched and talked about. So mine are in no particular order either. This isn't the order. Okay. This is just, I couldn't put them in an order. So my top... Oh, please. The top one is the top one. Possibly. <laughs> but my top five for this year out of the ones we podcasted and reviewed... Number one is Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards, which I actually think is a masterpiece... I didn't expect it to be anything less, but it was better than I imagined. So, oh, nice. Um, that, is, that is one of the five. My second one is Adventureland, which was a surprise for me completely, because I didn't know what to expect. It just looked like a wacky comedy, and I think it was a lot more than I think that. if we were to set up a scale and said, over here's Inglorious Bastards, what could possibly be the polar opposite of that? Adventureland might be it. Yeah, Let's, but I feel it. And I'm just saying, you're very diverse. Yeah, it's absolutely more. From it was absolutely. I was thinking it was a wacky comedy, kind of like Extract. But I feel it was a lot more than that. It's it's a repeat viewing movie. Yeah, it, it gave me a good feeling. I don't know. It's sweet. And it gave me a good feeling. At the end of it, I was actually uplifted by it. So, oh, you're so sweet. Do you get, do you get yes, what I'm I know exactly what you mean. Uh, am I? Another one. Another one in, in <laughs> is a uh, Watchmen, the director's cut. Now. I read the Watchmen, as I said in the po- I read the Watchmen comics a long time ago. Um, didn't know how a movie would be... I didn't know how they would do a movie. But the movie was exactly what I, how I felt it should have been done. So that was really a cool thing for me. And Very it was nice. your first... You hadn't really experienced nope. Watchmen, and I believe you liked it too. I did. Um, another one, number four, or number two, or number one, whatever number. In the mix. Blindness, which is... Julianne Moore and Mark Ruffalo. An amazing movie, I think. Probably overlooked by a lot of people. I don't think it did particularly well and it just disappeared into nothingness. I would watch it again, though. Oh, yeah, it's an amazing story. It's not a rewatch, rewatch, rewatch. It is a, oh my god, I watched it and I'm pretty sure I missed a lot because I was so... It's an amazing... It's based on a book. We've Well, you can go back and listen to the podcast if you want the whole review. Um, I think it's an amazing movie. Um... And I think a lot of people... It was by the director of A Constant Gardener. I think a lot of people might have missed it this year. It's Just good. want to go back. And finally is Angelina Jolie and Clint Eastwood's Changeling, which awesome. actually blew me away. And there's another one where I, I saw the box and it had a picture of Angelina Jolie, and I like her. And I was just thinking, oh, it's going to be some sappy, like... But no, it was far more than really what I good. thought it was. Wasn't El Tur- I mean, Gran Torino this year? Or was that last year? Because we watched it. It was Oscars last year, so right, it right. must have came out in December. Of- Another good one, but yeah. yeah Changeling, really good. Yeah, really, really detailed and awesome story. Not yeah. like some story... I mean, it's like a... It's not a predictable anything. It's a really good period piece. Okay, right. is that your five top That's my five okay. uh, for this year. And my five, and again, not in any particular order at all, in fact. Now, we de- I decided I wasn't going to pick ones that are classics that I have seen a million times. Why are you smaller than mine? I don't know. It's just the, it's just the, way, <laughs> just the way it came out when I was typing it right. up. Um, formatting is off a little bit there. So I didn't want to pick. I mean, it's too uh, it's too easy for me to say Wizard of Oz and uh, Twelve Monkeys and Fight Club or any of those. You know, I don't think that's reasonable. So I picked ones I had never seen before, coming out this year, 
that's how I kind of made my decisions. And mine are in no particular order. Caroline, which is the animated... Oh, Coraline. Was it Coraline? Yes. Oh, I miss... Oh, that's right. She didn't like being Car- Caroline. Don't call her Caroline. <laughs> Coraline. Coraline, which is the animated Tim Burton-esque anim- uh, live-action... Whatever you stop whatever motion. It's stop motion. Yeah, it's really sweet. Based on a, it's got some creepiness book. to it and everything. And but the experience of it, I really loved. I was sort of like in love with the Did look. We watched that in three D. It was in three D on the on the blue, but we decided to watch it in non three D. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because I hate normal three D, but now that I've seen Avatar, and I'm I hopefully everything that's new three D comes out that way. I'll watch it that way. Um, Revolutionary Road, which I felt it was really epic. Yep. Just watching it, it was like a drama drama. You know what I mean? Like really kind of a gut-wrenching. Kate and Leo back on the screen. Yeah, the and time. it might be, I mean, from a woman's perspective as well, might have been different than yours. No, I love not it. a woman. I don't oh. mean that you didn't love it, but I mean, kind of gets in your mind, you know, the idea of that, the changing role of a woman and being bogged down by the possibility of having to just be a slave to your family forever, that kind of thing. And it was really well done. Beautiful movie. And Away We Go, which I found a really sweet, really funny, not overly charming, but it has, uh, what's her name, John Krasinski from The Office uh-huh. in America. Him and his wife traveling I, I around. Yeah, yeah, really good. good. Really, really, really sweet little movie. Miracle at St. Anna, which is another one that kind of feels epic when you're watching it. It's another take from incidents in World War Two, uh, but in Italy. Actually, a pretty good movie. Spike Lee, yeah. director. Writer-director, I don't know if he wrote it. And Happy Go Lucky, which is a British movie. Was that this year? Yeah, it was. It was, well, it was on the list. That was Poppy. Yes. From Mike Lee, director Mike Lee. Mike Lee? He was the director. Who's he? The director Mike Lee, he's famous. What else has he done? There's that other movie that I absolutely love that costs about $50 on DVD <laughs> and I don't want to buy it. What is it? I can't remember its name. Oh my god! But you love it's it. It's awesome, yeah. But it's it's always it's out of print or something. And I, every time I look for the DVD, it's fifty dollars. Right. Not Blu-ray. But DVD. you can't think of what it is. But you love it that much. Yeah, I really love it. Comedy, romantic. No, it's real weird. A weird one. Yeah. Interesting. And then I took the extra step. I took some initiative with this little uh, corporate podcast thing we're doing here, <clears throat> and I decided to pick my five least favorite. That we've watched this year, and I'll just run them through them very quickly, not in any particular order, and I won't even explain why, because it goes complex. But I will say, the day the Earth stood still, the new version, yeah, Death Race, yeah. didn't like it at all. Trick or treat, yeah. sucked ass. Duplicity. Oh had, yeah, that was bad too. It was, but it it had like such a promise because I love him. It was um, going to drink some cabbage juice. <laughs> Julia. Roberts, what's his name? Julia. Roberts? Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts and the guy Clive Owen. Clive Owen. Love. I like both of them, but there was just something. I mean, it had some good moments, but ugh. Paul Giamatti. Overall, it just fell. Paul Giamatti was the best. Fell in the apart, back. kind of for me. And curiously, Odd Benjamin is what I'm calling it. <laughs> I didn't dislike that movie. I didn't dislike the movie. And this is going against what I just said about not explaining it. But it was such a distraction with the thing and his him growing. The special effects really bothered me. Now, the movie, epic, fantastic, love the story, love the whole life aspect of it. But the when I think back, I would actually choose not to watch it 
just because of the special effects. So mm. that put it in the top five bad ones for me. Now we're going to move on to... So that's our best movies of 2009. And Would you worst. agree with some of my worst ones there? I think they probably are the worst yeah. ones that we did. Yeah. That we reviewed. There's probably worse, but we didn't <laughs> touch them. <laughs> They're the worst out of the ones we looked at. All right, next next page, please. Games in Oskaliskov. What? <laughs> that cabbage water is not so, good, and it's warm. And you. you know, this is funny. I'm watching you ha- drink a beverage, and yet then you Chew start it. chewing. Yeah, <laughs> it's awful. It okay, doesn't. It's not a good advertisement, is it? Who's your first thing for games in Oskaliskov? Yeah, I've been playing Modern Warfare Two. I think I say that every week, so we'll, we'll go on to that. Now, the other game I've been playing this week. This is really weird. I um been playing Bayonetta, which is Sega's new. It's from the guy who made Devil May Cry. And it's like this really odd... <laughs> she's like a... Alright, so the, the she's called Bayonetta. She's a witch. But like a sexy witch who looks like a librarian out of a porno movie. You get what I'm saying? Um, it's the weirdest thing I've ever played. It's odd. It's really odd. I can't even explain the story. Where did the Mirror's Edge... Mirror's Edge wasn't weird at all compared to this. I mean, this woman who's a witch, who fights and stuff, she, when she becomes powered up, her clothes come off. Okay? Where did you get this game? Bayonetta. Where did you get this game? It's Sega's new Like pornogame.com or something? What are you talking about? When she powers up, her clothes fall off. So when she's super powerful, she wears no clothes. Um, Her hair, she's got this real fancy hair. Her hair's a weapon at some point. Like it, like when a boss comes and she does something with her hair, the hair eats the boss. Um, she's friends with this big muscly black guy who runs this bar called Hell's Gate or something, and she goes to this bar and he buy, she buys weapons from him and stuff. Essentially, it's her. It's like a hack and slash, like a God of War kind of thing, you know? But it's in the same way... The guy who made Devil May Cry. That's bizarre also. it's That bizarre Japanese, you have no idea what it's about, but there's something cool about it. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Like, it's really cool when you're playing it. The, the opening scene, she also has guns attached to her um, sexy stiletto heels. So she can do a handstand, point her heels at you and shoot you. Um... <laughs> But in this weird Japanese, <laughs> and she's a witch, and the You're making bat- this up. she's a witch, and the battle they're fighting is like angels from heaven are coming down. It's in modern day, and oh god, it's weird. But it's it's actually put it this way: Famitsu, which is the Japanese video, the the Japanese video game review magazine, they give it ten out of ten, and nothing gets a ten out of ten. But Bayonetta got a ten out of ten. So they're saying this is the perfect game. Now, it's very Japanese sensibility kind of game. But it also has a lot of nods to Sega's old games, like um, when they're driving down the road in the car at the beginning. Why are you pulling faces? I'm not pulling, I'm yawning. When, they, when they're driving <laughs> and down... And I'm sure there are a few people listening who totally identify with that. I don't think so. Bayonetta. <laughs> if you could see the screenshots, you wouldn't. If you start off telling your wife and any other women listening that in this game, when your character powers up, her clothes fall off. I think Not like, fully. you might you have, don't lo- see. You might have okay. lost us right about then because it's like, and then she's got guns in her stilettos. It's kind of like, 
Yeah, obviously men are going to like it. I mean, seriously, are you... It's like the most amazing looking game you've ever seen, also. It's like these massive... You don't know what's going to happen, like, at any second. Like, she'll be fighting, like, four dudes in a graveyard, and then the whole graveyard becomes a boss, and she fights it. It's, like, 500 times bigger than her. You know, like, like, can you... Can't even imagine that, but that happens. Is this the kind of game that's better if you're chemically enhanced in any way? I think either A, you have to be Japanese, or B, you have to appreciate weird Japanese stuff, which I kind of do, because I've played so many video games in my time, like, you know, 30% of it's weird Japanese games, and some of those happen to be good, even though you have no idea what they're about. This one, all I can gather, it's a battle between heaven and hell, she's a witch, the baddies seem to be angels, some of them have halos around the head. Um... There's some kind of feud between the witches and the angels. And it's just weird. But I like, they throw in like, um, because it's made by Sega. They throw in these weird Sega references, like when they're driving down the road in the car. The music from Outrun, which is like iconic Mm. racing game from the 90s, is playing. When they talk about this mega boss that everybody's afraid of, they talk about Eggman, which is Sonic the Hedgehog's boss. So like, there's this weird... Sega tie-in thing as well that they're doing. So, right, right. So this is Bayonetta. It's um, available today, I believe. Like it, like it is in store. It's supposed to be out on the 3rd or 4th of January, but it happens to get into stores. And today early. is December 27th. Yeah, and it happens to get into stores like a week early. It's not supposed to be released, but it did get right, released. Right. So um, you probably go and pick it up now. So that's Bayonetta. And then the final thing is not video games, it's what I got for Christmas. So it kind of is video games. Yeah. Um, so what I got for Christmas is a, uh, from you. Yes. A Wait a minute, first we'll start off. I'll expl- Can I tell the story? No. Yes. Okay. First, I'll have some cabbage every juice. year I ask you what you want, and you tell me very specifically, very pointedly, this, 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 and this. Not every year. Yeah, every year. You tell me not to tell Every year there are very specific things. I don't like giving you precisely what you just told me to give you because it's no fun. I say this year, for example, I think about it, think about it, and then I come to you and say, okay, you want this new EEPC, which is a netbook, the EEEPC. There's a new one that you want. You've used the same one for a couple years. And finally I say, guess what? You order it. That's your Christmas present. When you get it, you can have it. You're like, no, no, no. You wrap it up. I'll open it on Christmas. And you got we got, like, what, two weeks before Christmas? Three weeks. So it comes, and it's in this big box. Like, an extra big box. Which, you didn't know this, but in the meantime, I had already purchased you another gift. Which was, on your list, a PlayStation 3 Slim. You had no idea. I didn't mean buy them both, though. I know you didn't mean buy them both. But when your EPC came, and I'd already purchased the PlayStation 3. That was your surprise, right? And I kept thinking, how am I going to wrap this? If I wrap it, he's going to know what it is. It's that shape and everything. And it came with a free controller as well. So that was like kind of a hard thing to wrap and not look like. So when this EPC came in the box that was literally about five times bigger than the EPC. Yes, it was. I, I say to you, I'm going to go wrap your present, which you already knew what it was. I come out, I put the back, the box back under the tree, and you're like, you wrapped that great big box? Why did you wrap I actually You think- said, like, why did you even wrap that great big box? You should have just taken out the EPC and wrapped it. And all oh, the whole time, I had snuck the PS3 in there, and I was just hoping that for two weeks... I never touched it. You would never move the box, because it got... <laughs> so then on Christmas, I... 
purposely drug it out myself and laid it down so that you wouldn't be moving it or, you know. And then because you're like, I know what's in there. You wanted me to open all my packages. Yeah. And I'm like, open yours. And you're like, no. You're like, yeah, I know what it is. And I got to charge it up anyway. So then you opened it. And what, were, what was your first thought? Well, when I opened the box, the first thing I saw was the PS3. <laughs> And I knew you'd bought me the EPC because I had the tracking number and the invoice. So <laughs> I went, huh? Like that to you. What? And, then, and then your face was like, what? The, is it? <laughs> yeah, I was like really surprised. And it wasn't the shitty PS3. You got me the new slim PS3. And not the shitty slim PS3. The 250 <laughs> gigabyte, which is the best one of the lot. So, awesome. Uh, plus a free controller that came plus with Plus it came with a free DualShock controller, which is mm, usually doesn't happen. I don't and know. And that was the second to the last one that I could find in this town. So yeah, apparently they're selling well. The main objective for me was to surprise you. It cost a few dollars, but it was a good surprise. <laughs> yeah, it totally surprised me. And so, yes, now we, I have two PS3s, but that was the idea, because I have one in my home theater, which is basically a Blu-ray player that we watch all the projector. Mm-hmm. It's connected to the projector. So it's kind of awkward to go drag it around the house like when I want to play a game. I mean, it, it, And you don't want to turn the projector on every time you want to play a game because it burns up the bulb. So... If I had a PS3 up here, I would use it more, which has been exper- which has been uh, this weekend. I've played on it more than Correct. anything. So um, now I can go. Now I want to buy Uncharted 2, which I've said, which I might actually purchase tomorrow from the shop. Um, but yeah, I thank you very much for my. And I also got a Swiss Army knife. Correct, the real deal. Which I have this real farty little Swiss Army knife that I find I use more. I think to myself, why would I need a, a pen knife? But funnily enough, I use a pen knife loads. It's I, got scissors. I can't tell you specifically what I use a pen knife for, but I find myself reaching for it more than a... Well, you open a lot of packages. Yeah. That, I mean, you get packages every day. And, you know, a little screwdriver for this and, you know. But so my little piddly wheel. one was... It was like an inch and a half. Yeah, That's terrible. the tiniest one they make with a little pen light in it. I went the four-inch yeah. size one. And it works good. And now I've got it in my drawer, and if I need to open something, I can't. Um, and, and you, were surpri- you weren't totally surprised by that one, but... No. And my EPC, which is really awesome, is the new 10-inch EPC with the Atom processor, and it's running Windows 7. comes with that shitty version of Windows 7, but I upgraded <laughs> it to the full version. Um, it's just like... It's just like a... I mean, they're not netbooks anymore, in my opinion. They're laptops. Right. You know when people say, oh... Netbooks, they're just underpowered and well. That- You've never wanted yours for anything other than web surfing, video watching, and that's it. I want to be able to. What I really like about this because it's running Windows Seven and so is my desktop. I like I can remote desktop into my PC from anywhere in the house and use my desktop like full. Right. Like I can check my email or, and I don't have to have email on it. Um, but no, I don't want to play games on my laptop. That's I'll come in here and play them. I mean, I've got games everywhere. So you're saying that you're happy about your Christmas gifts. I am. And you can't buy people's happiness. I know that sound, sounds really superficial, saying, oh, I got an EPC, and, oh, I got a PS3, my second PS3. But you have to remember, we have no children. We don't spend our money on anybody else hardly. Oh. I have lots of family, but I made everybody handmade stockings and bought everybody just a little bit of this and that. We give them all movies. And I figure... You and I are our little family unit, and if we had children, we'd be spending a thousand dollars. And I did not spend a thousand dollars. So no, and, and you know, um, we also and I. This is another thinking for me. I told you it was a debate: PS3 or a new chair. And part of it was selfish because I figured, just like today, 
I will end up being able to use a PS3 and watch Blu-ray movies in the living room, and what, that's what we did today. And uh, it works perfectly. You know, and I, I, I do think PS3, um, you know, the new price point for it, not this one you bought me because you got me the expensive one, but the one that's $289 or whatever. This was close to that. Was it? Yeah. Right, okay. So, <laughs> that price point to me, you know, with the Blu-ray player and the gaming console, you're getting two things, essentially. You know, if you're a movie person, if you're a gaming person. I find it good value. It might not be... A lot of people say the 360 is a better gaming console. I kind of agree, and it's mainly because of Xbox Live, you know? If I was to buy a game... Yeah, yeah. ...and it was out on both systems, I would never choose the PS3 version. But the PS3 has games that aren't available on anything else. Oh, we can play that Sackboy game again. I played it, I liked it, but I never really played much because yeah. it was downstairs, so... Yeah, if I still have it. Oh, right. Um, I don't even know if I got rid of it. Am when I you transferred all your stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. You so know. what about my Christmas? What did, what you did get? I get? I didn't get you anything. I just took <laughs> the expensive presents and then covered... <laughs> That is not true. You gave me, first of all, an EastEnders book, the 20th anniversary of EastEnders, which we both love EastEnders. What's EastEnders? EastEnders is a British soap opera. One of the two big ones, I'm assuming. There's just the two big ones. There's mm-hmm. Coronation Street and EastEnders. Emmerdale is the third one. Oh, Emmerdale? Mm-hmm. We don't, I never even heard of that one. Oh, I've heard of it, I guess. But it's the 20th anniversary, so it's got lots of like history of the characters and stuff. And I love it. So that's the second EastEnders book that you've given me. Uh-huh. And you gave me another book called The Veganomicon, which is a an all-vegan cookbook. But it's not just a cookbook. And it's a reference not, to The Evil Dead. Yes, it is. Yeah, you. in the book she even references, like, what is the, up with this name? Is it from The Evil Dead movie or whatever? But it's not ju- And we're not vegans. We're not vegetarians. We've cut meat out of our... I've cut meat out of my, I'd say, 99.9999%. You still eat a tiny bit, but we do not. We eat no. plant-based in almost fact, every my, day. My, they, uh, me, like in a whole week, I probably eat two slices of ham. If that, yeah. If that. And eat yogurt every day, which is dairy. So we're not... And I eat cheese on some stuff. So we're not pretending to be like vegans or vegetarians. That's not the situation. This book has... It's called Veganomicon. So, and it's, it's got recipes. It explains different things about... How to get, you know, nutrients out of different foods. It explains all different kinds of substitution things and whatnot. And it's really written with a huge sense of humor. Even the recipes. It's just written casual. And it's big. It's a big Yeah, you know, when I ordered I it, I thought it. it was a, I thought it was a tiny little paperback. When it came, I was like, holy yeah, shit. No, it's massive. It's I a hardback one. It's one of those that I want to read everything. Not just look at it, look up a recipe and cook it. Which tonight we are going to have a recipe out of it. The samosa stuffed baked potatoes, or jack of potatoes. It sounds really it. good. I can't wait. Um, but it's actually, it's like, it's endlessly entertaining for me to read cookbooks. And I, it may be, you know, if I got some food obsession, I don't know. But I love it. I think it's going to be educational, and it's fun. And you'll even sit on the couch. I was reading stuff out of it to you, and you like me to read some of it to you. So I love it. I was totally surprised. But the fact that you know I've been trying all this year to really seek out different kinds of things to eat and different kinds of things to cook, partially because I was bored shitless with normal food I've been eating for 40 years, and number two, just general health, trying to work towards maybe a better... And how can you resist that name? Veganomicon. And like I said, she references that in the in the introduction about why they called it what it's called. So that's my two books. And then I also got my 
Wizard of Oz mug. And you, as I was going to open it, you're saying, now I know you might want to keep this in the box. You might not want to use it, oh, no. but I want you to use it. And I, oh, of course I'm using it. So what happened was Wizard of Oz Blu-ray came out and we reviewed it. And when that week when it was being launched, um, the Blu-ray disc had like a link to, oh, here's some merchandise that's only going to be available for like the next few weeks. So it'll give you a link to the Warner Brothers shop. And I just ended up there, and I was like, whoa, that mug looks really good, because it's like the right size, and you look like Wizard of Oz. Yes. So that's when I bought it. I so I've had, it. I've had that for literally months. Just oh my god, and plus I gave you shit, because when we opened the collector's edition box, you wouldn't let me have anything out of it. You want to keep it in this little box, so that's and I gave you, gave you crap about it, like, <laughs> oh, let's keep it in a box in the closet, why don't we? Well, I actually have a whole box downstairs of Wizard of Oz collectibles that, that I don't put out, but that's because I don't like tchotchkes sitting around. But that's my other gift, was my Wizard of Oz mug, which I've been using endlessly since then. Yeah, In fact, I think I've been drinking more tea because of it. More <laughs> tea. Nothing wrong with tea. then, uh, one thing I got, which you, I, you felt the need to tell me, which was another funny story, that I decided the other day I was going to buy our nephew a Zune. And you were kind of like, no, why don't you, uh, why, don't, don't, don't give him a Zune. Here, give me my old Zune or whatever, or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then finally, like, fine, I'll tell you. I got you a Zune HD, and I wasn't going to tell you and everything, which I didn't... I was still just as surprised. It's awesome. What's special about it? It's HD. Oh, my God. (laughs) forgot about that part. I didn't forget. It just slipped my mind. It's a Zune original. And the package on the outside of my gift, it said this is one... There's only one of these in the... One of a kind. No other in the world like it or something. And you had it actually engraved on the back to Sid Talk from your bloke. Hey, Scully. That's Correct. Right, but I love it. And, uh, and a design. And a design that you pick, you know, like, like which an artist Which was design. the Ghetto Blaster Panda Bear or something. I just liked it. I thought it looked really funny. Right. There was lots of different ones, but I like that one. And it's, that's personalized because it's engraved on the back of it. Yeah, it's like a cool color. Yeah. And I'm still fiddling around with the touchscreen because I'm not touchscreen-esque, but it gets internet, which is awesome. The internet. It gets the internet. It gets a nearby internet if you want to use it. And <laughs> you can hopefully, eventually, it. it will have uh, Tetris on it, which will be awesome. <laughs> Did you find some new games for it today? Bejeweled. I got a couple. Not Bejeweled. Hexic. Hexic. And uh, there's another one that I got, some kind of goo glob or something. Oh. I haven't downloaded to it yet, or synced it up yet, but I love it. But and it you got me a, a case to go with it as well, so it's going to be nice and protected. I know. I played you, the uh, Project Gotham Racing, which is like a PSP game. I said to you, I mean, it does proper games. It looks they're not, good. They're not like and video looks really awesome on it because I get some video podcasts, like right. some cooking podcasts. Oh, have you watched one of those mm-hmm. on that? Yeah, yeah looks really good. And the reason the Zoom is such a big deal for me because when I go to work, I work twelve-hour night shifts in a very noisy data center. And I put my, I get, I don't use the headphones that come with them because they don't block out enough noise. I put my headphones in my ears that go inside, inside, and I will listen to it almost literally for twelve hours straight. Podcasts, music, um, that's it, really. I mean, to be I'll honest, um, I don't know if you've tested this yet, but the new Zoom HD because it doesn't have a hard drive, the battery life should be better because it doesn't have to run it. a hard drive. I haven't pushed it yet, but I think playing games and watching video is usually... The other one even would last... All night. 10 or 12 hours, yeah, Right, easily. so this one should last longer, I'm thinking, because... And I don't turn them off, you see. I don't ever turn it no. off. I just let it shut well, itself off. Well, they go into sleep, don't they? Sleep, but I never yeah. shut it off, so... The, I love it. It's like... I have. I just say, the Zune HD, uh, if you did all the, own the old Zune, the 30 gig, the, you know, whatever the, the first Zune, the Zune. Um, the Zune HD is a nice upgrade. It's really light... It's really thin. It obviously 
can do games now. It's got a bad processor. It's I really like it. I like it is. That. I have to say, however, I don't like it better. I like it in different ways. In a different I way, like yeah. the sturdy, hefty, the button, even like pressing the button with some feedback. I I have to either get it get with the program of the new age touchscreen stuff because I'm just not. I really like touchscreen. I didn't right. think I would. I do like that. Right. It just. I mean, I have pretty puffy little fingers. I guess I don't know, but I have to just get used to that. But I do like and I, the the lightness is awesome. I drop it in my pocket. And it's, you know... doesn't feel It like doesn't pull... My, with my pants being bigger on me now, it doesn't, like, pull it down. But my other one, because it's hefty and it had, you know, it was easy to navigate with just the dot and the thing. So I don't like it better yet. I will like it equally, probably. But right. it, it serves its function, which is what I love. And having the internet on it is pretty awesome. And it even has a Twitter app, so you can Twitter from... Yeah. Which is kind of cool. I, I, I need to figure out how to make a stylus that'll work with it, though, because that type. I think you can use finger. any stylus. Like I tried, PS it doesn't style. register. Oh, because it's it needs, it needs to have a little bit of a ball of maybe my um, kneaded eraser on the end, so that's a. It's touch something to do with it's the the new touchscreens are something like electro something, and they take static from you. They know your body's there, really, rather than a stylus. Oh. In fact, this is an interesting development. Can you imagine, like, if you use an iPhone, you have to touch it to do the t- to make a call, right? In winter, when you've got gloves on, it doesn't work. I wouldn't so, think so. So there's companies that have made these special gloves with little pads on them that work on touchscreens, which is a niche market if ever I... I wouldn't think a touchscreen would work with gloves under any These are electro-something gloves, and they're made to contact with those screens. Mm. There's some little pads on them. I think it's pads that your skin touches the pads, and then the pads touch the thing, so it hmm. feels like, you know. But um. So I couldn't get a stylus to work anyway. I believe they make styluses that also work for those screens with something on the end of them. I might get one. Yeah. Because I'm not sure if I'm... I mean, I like using it, but... uh, For me, I didn't have a problem, and I was flitting around it today. I I find that it's pretty forgiving where you can press it to... You know, you don't have to be very pinpoint. Mm. I even typed... um, What did I type in today? I typed something in, because I I remember typing it. I was logging into something. Don't know. But there you go, yeah. Zoom HD. So that was our Christmas. Lovely... Very lovely. But it's really only important that we have each other. Correct. <laughs> so, All right, then I've got the receipt for that PS3. It'd be nice to put that money <laughs> to, to, nice. to better use. <laughs> no, there couldn't be any more better use than a PS3. <laughs> All right, so uh, what have you got to finish before we uh, go into the uh, three-hour podcast zone? Or three hours? Holy no. shit. No, no, I'm just going to say what we're, we're having for dinner. I'm just we're, What we're having for dinner tonight out of the Veganomicon will be... Samosa stuffed baked potatoes. And that is a baked potato, which I've already baked. You scrape out the inside. You mix the potato with peas, carrot, cumin, ginger, garlic, and other assorted Indian-type spices. And then you stuff it back into the potato and you bake it. Because like a Sounds samosa... Really good. Yeah, samosa is like the... the ra- um, Pastry. The thin kind of wrap thing, wrapped around this potato filling, and then deep-fried or baked. And this is just a, a potato. Like, totally... Like, it's a ba- twice-baked potato. But with an Indian flair. Right. And then I'm going to make regular curry to go with it, I think. And that's it for dinner. I was trying to find some good dessert, but nothing appealed to me, so... So maybe my cookies with oh, spread I got on some, icing. Yeah. I got some hummus and some crackers, so maybe I'll have for desserts. And another two or three cups of tea in my Wizard of Oz mug. And we've already talked about gifts. Yeah. And that's all I've got, I think. All right. So uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. This was uh, after the show number 102. 
Um, and this is our final podcast for 2009. So uh, goodbye, 2009. Uh, I just want to say you can go to our website, sayschooly.com, sidtod.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook. I'm on Xbox Live and the PlayStation Network, I should add to there. I'm A. Scully on the PlayStation Network. Um, you can find Sid Talk's YouTube mini-reviews over at her YouTube channel, SidTalk, youtube.com slash SidTalk, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you can subscribe to this podcast, go to ascully.com, click on the word podcast. You can go on. You can subscribe using the Zoom, Marketplace, iTunes Music Store, RSS feed, or just listen to it on the page while you're doing your work. In a, I like to open it in a tab in Firefox and just do other stuff while it's open. You listen, listen to them again? I do listen to them, because sometimes... <laughs> I feel that we might have made a mistake or something, so I go back and listen to them. Really? Do you edit them? I, if if I notice something really glaringly obvious within the first two days, if I listen to it, yes, I do. I have edited them in the past. Like what? Just like a burp or a cough or just some weird shit, some noise that we didn't okay. want. Okay, you never burp, so that would only be me. Mm-hmm. And what's wrong with coughing? Uh, I also edited a dog back in that you could hear really, really well in one of them. It was terrible, like, and all I had to do was run this filter and you couldn't hear the dog anymore. Right. So, yes. Um, and you can email feedback to me at aschoolie at com. Don't email any feedback to Sid Talk, because, um, as you know, by now, she really hates you all. <laughs> so, uh, I want to say, stay classy 2009, because there's not much of you left, and we will see you in the future, in 2010. Whoa, my God. That's awesome. And you? And I'm going to say, think for yourself, everybody. Continue to think for yourself. Or maybe you've never tried it before. So let 2010 be the year you start thinking for yourself. Don't be anybody's puppet. Because if you don't think for yourself, someone will do it for you.